Hello, welcome to Center Saint Sister. On Center Saint Sister, we might laugh or cry, we might get angry or motivated, we might grieve or celebrate, and sometimes all of those things can happen in the very same episode. We are a community of spiritual searchers who embrace Jesus's example of making a beeline to the hurting. Whether an episode is spiritual in nature, purely educational, or just for fun, my hope is that you finish the episode feeling hopeful. I hope you hear something today that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. Not everyone grows up with the joy of sex as their coffee table book, but those of us who do, well, we've got stories. And the thing about growing up with kind of wacky parents is that kind of wacky things happen. Maybe this is why I crave story and adventure the way that I do. I'm an only child to two people who could best be described as a mixture between Sonny and Cher and the Fockers. If Sonny and Cher and the Fockers were to have a baby, it would be my parents. And if my parents were to have a baby, it would be me. Our house was this bustling coming and going of strangers and friends and strays. They would lean into our conversations and wonder if, were they scripted? My life has been interesting. And I'm certain it started that one time my mom showed up to my fifth grade birthday party at the roller rink in her vintage prom dress. She hardly ever wears her tiara anymore. I still have so much to learn, but I know that my colorful upbringing has caused me to commit to a radical kind of spunk and astuteness to the beauty of this world. I'm grateful. I have insisted on leaving a world where miracles are missed and comfort is crowned and embraced one where there is daring adventure and mesmerizing beauty everywhere. Teaching led to traveling, and traveling led to collecting stories. And stories led to storytelling, and storytelling led to writing, and writing has led to speaking, and speaking has led to podcasting. And podcasting in particular, well, it makes me feel like I've caught my stride. Each episode of Center Saint Sister, it's a celebration of how women have lived life deeply. We gather together and tell the details of our lives and hope to bring people along as we do. These conversations, they bring clarity to my life. And none of it is exactly easy for me. But somehow, no matter how daunting the next challenge might seem, I tend to jump in headfirst without spending too much time preparing for it. Because I know that I have a story to tell. I have something to offer this world. Maybe it's fortitude. Maybe it's foolishness. Heck, maybe it's arrogance. But not just everyone grows up with the joy of sex as their coffee table book. My guest today is comedian Christina Hart. I cannot wait for you to delight in her goodness. She is all of the things that make the perfect guest. Thoughtful, vulnerable, opinionated, deep, and tough. Because you know how the saying goes. What doesn't kill you makes you funny. Hello, Christina. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. It's so great. I am a new follow and you absolutely crack me up. And <laughs> the thing about laughter is that it's really healing for me. Like, I, I don't even know if you can laugh and be mad at the same time. Is that even possible? But then when laughing is done in a group, it becomes like this bonding agent. Like it's so solidifying. And so not only are you hilarious, but I feel like what you're doing is so, so important. And it is such an honor to have you here and get to know you a little bit. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm so excited. I also think you're 
hilarious and your family. <laughs> so I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, thank you. I um so I've gotten just the tiniest little glimpses, Christina, into how you grew up, but I think that's going to require some more information. So can you give us just an overview, um, you know, with like a strong highlighter over the um, absurd parts of your life and and growing up? Definitely. Um, (laughs) I had an interesting childhood. So uh, my parents are both immigrants from Iran, um, which is Iran. If you're in the South, no problem there. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, so my mom was Muslim and she converted to Protestant Christianity um, through the televangelist Benny Hinn. So I used to go to Benny Hinn crusades with my mom as mother daughter dates, um, Uh very Protestant kind of charismatic church life. And then my dad is a Buddhist scientist. So I had, um, kind of these two very strong extreme sides. Um, and, but I loved my church life. I was a very like active kid, Um, and I was just telling my dad this, that I didn't, I was not raised in like a suppressed kind of church environment, um, which I actually am grateful for. Yeah. Um, and then I was raised, I was born in Los Angeles, raised in Princeton, New Jersey. And then I moved back to California and went to school at UC Santa Barbara. Um, and that's how that journey started. (laughs) Now, I feel like you can't just say, I grew up going to Benny Hinn, not Hill. Those are both famous yeah. people. Yes? Yeah, they are. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Benny Hinn, like conferences, we can't, we can't just slide right past that, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> no, okay. I get them. They all kind of um, congeal to me because there's like the Baker one and then there's right. S- Jimmy Swagger. <laughs> Benny Hinn, Hinn is, he's the one that wore the white jacket, right? Wore it, yeah. The expensive clothing, the white jacket. Uh, my mom literally went to Israel with him, got baptized in the Jordan no. River. Like she was sold out for Benny Hinn. Um, and, yeah. So oh I, Oh my gosh. Like, she's I like a spiritual tour. thrill seeker. Yes. It's like- <laughs> what? Yeah, definitely. And I think like being Iranian and, and coming from like a, a country that had a lot of oppression towards women, the mm. attraction of there being this kind of like quote unquote outgoing freedom, which I obviously have different feelings about it now, but yeah. I can understand why that was attracted to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do this whole comedy bit about like faking falling down from the Holy Spirit because I definitely had experience as a child where I was really stressed out. We all had to stand in line and Benny Hinn was coming, um, which he would do a thing and everyone would fall over. And I had a lot of anxiety about what if I didn't fall down? So yeah. I would fake it and I would sure. plan the whole thing. <laughs> and so there were things like that that were part of my childhood, which is like, how could I not get into comedy? You know, right. That's a lot of material. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's a lot of material. I feel like he would like spin that jacket when things got got wild, right? Like I feel like it became a prop. Oh, or yeah. Something. And there's like YouTube videos where they replace it with like a lightsaber and they do like the Star Wars thing. Yeah. And that is exactly how it was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, I I believe that miracles can happen however and whenever God wants. So I'm not trying to take anybody's experience <laughs> away from them. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um, I just I it's interesting though, like what is your what is your kind of grown up take on on all of that? 
Well, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm very much, I've been through a lot in my life. Um, like my mom and she did pass away 10 years ago and, mm. um, you know, she didn't, she believed she would be healed from brain cancer. So she didn't do mm. chemo or radiation and mm. then she's healed in heaven. But obviously yeah. after that happened, I had a lot of really pressing questions about what sure. do I believe and, right. and my upbringing and, and science and how all that inter inter um, sex with each other. So I just have a very real faith where Jesus, like I had, I had to study and know, um, like why he did the things he did in the stories, like what mm-hmm. they mean and why they were written. And so I, I took like a seminary to study all of this. And I very much am on the path of like, I believe that Jesus was for the marginalized, the oppressed for freedom in all, in all capacities yeah. and healing, I believe is part of that, but I think it can come in so many ways. So I'm much less attracted to anything that, um, potentially exploits people yeah. who don't have money mm-hmm. or have vulnerability mm-hmm. and not saying that that was the entire intention of course around that. Cause I do believe people were healed and stuff, but I'm very much not attracted to that kind of, right of Christianity anymore. Sure. And would you say like her experience was authentic to her? Yes, very much. Yeah. 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 She, she, it, it was a big deal in her life and everybody knew that. Yeah. And really I'd say the biggest miracle of it all is just that he has been able to resurrect his ministry again and again and again. Oh my God. Right. Like after all of these funny, like I, yeah, he's still doing it. They're all still doing it. I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I have to like, it, you know, we kind of joke that this was God bless your mom, by the way. I she obviously raised thank such you. a wonderful daughter in you, and oh, and I you. I honor her and her experiences. Um, but the, but there is like a great deal of material, so I'd love to know how. When did you know that you were funny? Because I feel <laughs> like every friend group like has that one friend where you're like, is she coming? Because uh, you know she just <laughs> makes car rides more fun. She makes parties more fun. When did you know that you were funny? And when did you or how did you? decide to turn that into like actually making money? Um, so I think in college, I went through a lot and started to find out more about who I was. So I think the humor side, I became more comfortable with it, the more confident I became in who mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always, I was always kind of like, charismatic and funny and a social person, but I have a very strong inter- introvert side of mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. um, maybe about maybe about 10 years, uh, no, like 15 years ago, probably five years before my mom passed away. So like 15 years ago, I really was coming into my own and everywhere I would work or be, I just kind of found the humor in anything. And I would express that. And, you know, we, like, I never thought much beyond that. And then when I was really wrestling with what I believe in, and I started to go back to church because we would go to all these healing ministries with my mom. And, mm-hmm. and then I didn't go to church for a long time. Mm-hmm. So then when I started going again, I found everything to be very funny. And I really kind of tapped into that for myself as a healing process. But then also yeah. like, does anyone else notice this? And that's really where I think I started to think more seriously about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would imagine there are a great deal of challenges in choosing to, you know, it's funny. When I decided, um, 
I felt like I was supposed to write a book and I knew that if I was going to write a book, then people might read it. And so I, that I'm an introvert as well. And that made me really anxious. And the day before I decided to like make a post that told people I did this thing, I had a dream where, um, the details. I, when other people tell me their dreams, I start wondering what's for dinner. But um, the <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, I was trying on swimsuits, um, and I thought that I was in a private room, and I was trying on these swimsuits, which I mean is a nightmare, right? And um, and then all of a sudden, I heard a ding, and it was um, elevator doors opening, and I was wearing this aqua number that was too small, and mm-hmm. um. And so there's all of these people now. They did not. Um, they did not like cheer and tell me that I was, you know, hot. They did not boo or hiss or throw things at me. They just walked on by me. They didn't notice me, and I felt like that was my anxiety telling me that, like, ma- taking the step where people are going to have maybe an opinion on what you do. To me, apparently, the worst thing would have been being ignored, right? Like not this, not this, this volatile feedback or this, you know, hack it job feedback, um, or not this praise and, and awe and wonder, but instead just nothing. Mm. And so to me, what you do is so brave because for a comedian, it's either laughing and like really kind of, you know, turning a crowd or nothing. It's the worst. (laughs) It is. It's so true. It's so scary. (laughs) Um, How have you? How have you dealt with like the anxiety around nothing? Right. No, that's so real. That's your dream is so real. Um, (laughs) You know, I have a. I have struggled with depression and severe anxiety. I had a lot of panic attacks and stuff around this time where my mom passed and I actually Mm. completely changed careers and started working Mm. in the mental health field just because I had a passion for those who were suffering because I understood what that was like and I was like Mm -hmm. and and, you know people were like you're very compassionate you'd be great at this Mm -hmm. but I found myself as a comedian leading comedy classes for women who were suicidal um and I love and I think that type of purpose in, in comedy made me really stop kind of caring what people thought. I definitely still do. I definitely still struggle, but I'm just, my audience and why I'm doing it is so clear to me that Mm -hmm. when I do get trolled or people do come back to me, like, I'm like, you, you're free to not like me. That's so fine. But I, I'm just going to keep going for the people that do, you know? Oh my gosh. gosh. But it's a lot easier said than done. Cause I just did a comedy show here at a comedy club. And man, when I got out there, I hadn't been in a comedy club setting in a long time. And I was very aware you either bomb or you <laughs> or you do well, but you kind of just have to forget that and know why you're doing it. And then, yeah. you know, you, you don't care so much anymore. That is just the best answer I could have ever. I, wow. <laughs> that is so right. awesome. Feel so good about myself. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, there's something, there's something that I can relate to that in my life. I don't know what it is. I want to think about that, but, but I know that feeling of, okay. You know, it's like something you're so confident in that you feel so led that you are even called to, to like, you know, maybe spiritualize it. But like, this is just what I'm supposed to be doing. And if you're not, you know, I don't know, maybe it's, um, 
maybe it's like some parenting stuff. Cause I feel like nobody knows my kids better than I do. So like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I don't feel all that open to, um, suggestion yeah. unless I'm like really seeking it, you know, where I, I'm calling upon the village. Like now I feel, <laughs> you know, um, so I feel like in your work, you've kind of taken on some topics that are either um, like funny, weird, funny, cringe, funny, yikes, you know, like there are these different kinds of funny, right? And so that might be pop culture or dating or politics or what, what are some of the other things that you incorporate into the things that yeah. you like joking about because you might cry otherwise. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I morphed. I I absolutely morphed because I started very much with like church, culture, dating Mm -hmm. in church, Mm -hmm. and mental health. And those Mm -hmm. were my three things. And then I started to see church culture engage politics in a way that made me uncomfortable. And I kind of had to make a choice. I had to make a choice. Like, um, and I think this is where that quote unquote calling or whatever, you know, we want to call it where you, you kind of decide, am I going to go with the crowd or am I going to stay true to what I really feel in my gut that I'm discerning that I want to say or do? And that was a choice I make kind of often, but really pivotal in the time where I felt, you know, politically like, oh, I'm, I don't align with what I'm being told. So um, that's kind of how that started. And then from yeah. there, I really enjoyed kind of modern culture and just pop culture, modern, modern culture, just like, um, uh, events that are happening. So it became like news commentary. Right. So I yeah. love just engaging like the daily news. Cause there's so many things that happen, so many absurd things that happen. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, well, let's just try to tell the news in an entertaining way since it's so scary. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah, so that, that's kind of how that all happened. And I really love doing like news commentary, pop culture commentary, faith still, but like, I'm kind of getting over like, it just is a lot. And there's a lot of people do it now. So I'm kind of like, Oh, let's do these other more fun topics. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like there's the caveat, you know, and it's like, that's kind of where the joke is. I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about anything, but like, as I think about my Christianity, it's like, well, I I'm a Christian, but the kind that believes in dinosaurs or like, yeah, you know, totally. whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like the, the caveat. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Or, or I'm a Republican, but you know what? And then you make it funny. Like you take the jokes somewhere else. Um, yeah. And so if we, I, I'm, I'm going to pick which one we want to do first, but I would, I know that you're single. So it's like, I want to be married, but you know, what's the, what's the caveat with? Yes. I want to be in a relationship, but dating is so absurd. Dating is absurd. Like, That's a great it's topic. absurd. Yeah. I mean, this is uh-huh. just nuts. And you're funny. I know that you, I follow you on Instagram because I can't get any attention on Twitter at all. It feels like I just throw this pebble into this like giant abyss and I'm like, hello. I mean, nothing. Well, now there's a new so, app for you. They launched the Instagram version last I just, night. I just, yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know. But um, anyways, I feel like you have a very like happening Twitter life because I follow you on Instagram and it looks like it's your <laughs> tweets. That's right. What, that's what the kids call them. Your right, tweets. right. Um, <laughs> Jeez. So, um, and I am just having a blast at the ways that you make fun of dating. Um, I 
I mean, we can we can kind of hang out here for a while because I think it's fun. But if you are in a bar, which no one's like meeting people in a bar anymore. So like, pardon my 40s, <laughs> my 40 year old self, 45 year old self. Um, but if you were like in a bar, who is the type of guy that has zero chance with you? Like who? what's the stereotype that that's okay. just never going to happen? Um, I think the MAGA guy. I mean, if he's wearing yeah. like red hat, which mm-hmm. I'm in Nashville, you know, so that that's that's kind of like a thing, but also probably, um, the guy that, that is the musician that says he wants to write a song about me. I have since learned that like that those guys, they write a lot of songs about a lot of women and they love getting their heart broken, um, to write the song and go on tour while you're crying at home. (laughs) And so I'm like, Oh, you're a songwriter. That's so great. Let's be friends. Huh. Yeah. See, I've been, I've been duped by that guy. I've been, <laughs> I've, I've been there. Um, the one that has zero chance with me is like the ultimate, um, bodybuilder that like can't put his arms oh, down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not happening. Yes. That's yeah. Especially do you know, like the, there's like the Christian bodybuilder guy, Oh, like the bodybuilder guy who posts by like, self, like, um, shirtless selfies with a Bible verse. That's too much for me. That's that's my line, I think. I drove, I actually, on the way here to the studio, I was behind, um, because I thought of another one. Um, I was behind a guy with this really souped up truck that was like, really like intentionally loud. Like he mm-hmm. adjusted the truck to ha- be a noise pollutant. And then it's like <laughs> blowing things right. in my face. Right. I'm like, yeah, no, that's a no. If you were to come and try to pick me up in that, which first of all, I'm pretty sure you'd like sit in the driveway and honk, you know? Right. But yes. like, that's never happening. Um, so dating is this huge, like smoldering dumpster fire. I mean, mm-hmm. we all, we yeah. all kind of know that, but it's because it's just changed so much with apps and whatever. So I know it, the apps to me seem uninspiring, but if it's what everyone is doing, like, what are you supposed to do? Right. Um, how many times to- are you on apps? How many times have you quit and then come back? Is that a sheepish return? Like what's going on with the apps? I mean, I am on all the apps, but I am on them for content. So my therapist is like, Christina, let's try to engage differently. And I'm like, well, I can't help it. If I see something that yeah. is funny, I will screenshot it. And that is my work for the day. And she's like, you're not going to meet anybody if you're just making fun of them. And I'm like, well, the right person will want to be made fun of. <laughs> and so I'm working on it. But um, yeah, I think we all download them. Um, we find some hope. And then it's like a sales game. It's like sales. Yeah, you know? And then sales. you're like, oh, I'm over it. And then you delete it. And then, yeah, you go back. Um, yeah. Now I'm seeing a joke kind of circulate. This is going to be an old joke to you, but it was funny to me that they're all <laughs> holding fish in their profile pictures. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah what's what's with fish. the fish? They want to feed you? Like what's the, want, what? I know it's like, I don't even know. I talked to this guy who started this new app and it was like, it's like an app where people have to meet. Like you can't just talk on the app and waste time. And I was like, Oh, I can get behind that. And we were talking about the the guys with fishes and there is no rhyme. There is no rhyme or reason. They just, gen- men think it's really cool that they caught these fish and they're like, yeah. this is me with the fish. And then it'll be like them with the dog, which we love. Right. But I love the dog probably more than them maybe, but, mm. and then there's a photo of them with their friends and you can't tell 
which one is them. And, and, um, so I think like some men could use a curator, like you could do that. Mm. You could curate Mm. profiles for men and then help us out. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'd be really good at that. My best friend, you'd be really good at that. Thank you. My best friend's (laughs) a lawyer and she said that I could be a consultant to help people pick juries. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like I know, I know what you're thinking. I know. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh-huh. The thing about people with good intuition is they can't ever be talked out of their intuition. It's like once so I, it's, <laughs> so I'm the same way. I'm like, nope, I knew this whole time for years. <laughs> okay. So are you meeting people in the wild still? Like, are you just like wearing bright colors, put on something shiny, <laughs> do a little dance? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I have the privilege of having an active Instagram where my brand uh-huh. is that I am single. So because I've branded myself as that, I get DMs and, oh, okay. um, but I still don't, I don't date a lot. I'm now putting myself out there more, you know, but I, um, went on a date with like a single pastor. He was like the eligible single pastor. And yeah. after I went on a few dates with him, I was reminded of why I don't like dating within church. Okay. <laughs> and, and, um, it was just like a very overly spiritualized kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so I'm trying to meet a lot more diverse, uh, people and yeah. I meet a lot of them out in the wild. I do. Um, I'm just trying to be more open. So yeah. that's right. 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 Yeah. Um, but, did his, yeah. his, did his teeth ding or, you know, like the, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I just was like, I don't want to pray about this. I just would like to talk or like, mm-hmm. tell be me normal. how you feel. And I'd be like, well, the Lord. And I'm like, no, I want to know how, what is your emotion? Just, just basics, just the basics, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So Christian dating is is something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, so as far as um, the caveats, so the caveats of church, because I know you are like a very faithful person. Like you (laughs) love the Lord. It's just that somehow in our Christian subculture, there's been this like slick finish put on it or something that, that is making us feel things. So it's not that you don't want this amazing God-fearing man. It's that there's something about the slick finish that makes me feel manipulated or something. That is such a good, that is exactly how I feel. That is exactly it. Yeah. You said it. Put that everywhere. (laughs) Talking about what's going on with our, our, our church subculture, there are so many people that have been either wounded or um, annoyed or manipulated, that there is a pendulum kind of swinging. And so, for example, you take the Hillsong, you take Hillsong situation, Mm -hmm. because we have all been emotionally invested in King of Kings, you know, in their their music. I mean, it's infectious. And so then to get underneath it a little bit and see some of just the abuse that that's going on at the same time, you kind of have to put this border. You have to, you have to go back and question your experience. And then that makes me angry. So did did you watch the documentary? I did. My friends were in it actually. Um, yeah, Janice Legata, she was, um, Carl Lenz's assistant. So, um, 
she, I had interviewed her about a year ago on the podcast. And then Ben with Preachers and Sneakers was on the other Hillsong documentary. And he's a very good friend of mine. And so I think over the years, you know, I was, I accidentally became popular in the evangelical kind of blogger scene, which is embarrassing mm. to even say that those words together. Mm. But um, I would just write about my experience and other people did have these experiences, but I was like yeah. this humorous single Christian girl. And mm. so that became a thing. And I lived in LA. I was, I'm born in LA. And, um, but as the more I started to get it deeper into these circles, the more I saw the corruption, manipulation, the yeah. fame, like envy, the, the money. And I was like, hold up, wait a minute. But to question anything and to say it out loud, you're going up against people yeah. with a lot of power and people with like a huge following, like cult-like mm-hmm. followings, you know? So I remember I questioned Brian Houston because he was, tr- I didn't like the way he was communicating to a young girl on Twitter, literally. And I said like one thing and all these people like came kind of at me and I was like, oh gosh, like this is going to be, this is hard. Um, but I think it was like a slow unraveling. And so that made me kind of stick closer to Jesus and less to the institution um, of evangelicalism, but knowing like I've met people from all these other denominations like Claire and, um, Mm -hmm. it really enlightened me to know that there are so many Christian practices and traditions and, and to get out of my bubble. So, the hill like hillsong it's tough cuz i know i have close friends or family that are kind of still in it and um yeah. you know i i don't ever want that to become a thing that separates us but yeah reality is a lot of people were hurt i and i'm grateful because i feel like i got to see things a lot earlier so i'm able to navigate it now without that pain and hurt and trauma yeah cuz i went through it you know uh, kind of like years ago but it, it's a very real experience for so many people Yeah. And I I feel like it's not even, I feel like we've been putting borders around good art made by questionable people for a really long time. Like that's not something we haven't done before. Um, I mean, I'm thinking just off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Michael Jackson or or R. Kelly or, or whatever. And so that's a, that's a well-worn path that we've had to walk down. And so there's part of me that's like, well, I don't want to feel like I'm supporting or endorsing some sort of abuse because I do believe in in Jesus fighting for the for the marginalized and and the the weaker party. I, I feel like um, they will always have uh, you know precedent. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And then there's yeah. this other part of me that's like, well. So we're just going to like reject everything done by sinners because that seems <laughs> what what will yeah, we so, celebrate yeah. then, you know? And so there's some pharisaical, you know, tendencies in that. And so the bottom line, I think, is just that anytime you draw a line, Jesus is on the other side of it. So, yeah, yeah. and I think, and I, and it's, and I think like a lot of people I know, I have a lot of friends here in Nashville and everyone's just like, I don't know where to go to church. Like, yeah. I left the church and I would like to be in community still. So mm-hmm. I think like we've created alternatives through small groups and through like mm-hmm. different community things where it may not look the same, but, but we're just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And perhaps like some of us are interested in more smaller settings or yeah. um, even like I, like other denominations. But one thing that really made me think a lot was I knew one of um, one of the young girls, part of the SBC that 
like that was abused in that institution. And, and I crashed the SBC convention dressed as a man, as a, I did the comedian thing. I got someone to get me an invite, which you had to get like specific invites. And that was the, I, that was like my second week here in Nashville. And I went just no. to advocate for her, but I tried to do it in a humorous kind of way. And long story short, it was like, we got all these people to be on their side. And then they, they, um, you know, all these people came together and they got a third party investigation approved into that abuse situation. So there's things like that where you're like, okay, there's hope. And also, you know, we can, we can hope for reform and perhaps, you know, see different things come through, but everyone's on a different path. So we, wow. we can support all the different ways, you know? Oh my gosh. I, is yeah. this, um, documented? Do, do yeah. I just need to do a, a deep dive and yeah, to find all of this? Too. Yeah. I mean, I, oh my gosh, I that I did that, but it was, yeah, I was like, really, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And oh, I, was like, I, yeah. <laughs> I love you even more than I thought I did. Oh my gosh. That's so great. Um, okay. So lighter, lighter topic, do, um, reality TV. I love it so much. Love it so I much. I know. Why do we love it so much? What's going I on? <laughs> I feel like because we're dealing with all these heavy things, we're like, I yeah. just need something that doesn't require any thought. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and all of my friends are very into it. My friends' husbands who like run yeah. major companies, they'll text about Vanderpump Rules or something yeah. housewives or when I'm like, this is, we just need this outlet. <laughs> I think so. I, this is different for different people, but I personally have always had a very shallow rock bottom. Like I don't need, <laughs> I don't need to learn lessons very deeply. Like I can watch someone else drink mm-hmm. too much and, and dance on a table and then promptly throw up to be like, Oh, well, I'm never doing that. You right. know, like, I'm just not going to be that girl. So I feel reality TV for me is, man, being in the mob seems really risky, but I will watch some mob wives. (laughs) Yes, it's so true. You just got to pick one and then you just roll with it. And that is like, yeah, the obsession. Dip a little toe, just a toe Uh into the Kardashians' Uh lives, into whatever. Okay, what's your favorite? I mean, I was a, I, I was a Vanderpump rules watcher from like 10 years ago with my college friends. And so when all this stuff happened, like recently we were like, okay, this is our time to shine. Like, you know, so I definitely love um, that. And I love the New York housewives because I, Uh it's just, yeah, I love like, they're just crazy. And uh, the New York thing adds to it. And yeah. then I used to watch Southern Charm and that's, that's about Charleston kind of elite people. Okay. And my friends were like, it's not shocking that you moved to Nashville. And I'm like, well, it's <laughs> 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 a different life. So yeah. And then, I mean, this is embarrassing. I don't actually watch a ton of TV, but it sounds like I yeah. do, but we just have one dedicated evening, but I then got into selling sunset and I was like looking at all these houses and these yeah. pretty people and was like, Oh, that $2 million house. That's not even nice. You know? And you're yeah. like, this, I, I could never, but here I am acting like, Oh yeah, I could afford that. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We totally become experts. Yeah. Um, okay. So for social media, I feel like I don't know. I've, Facebook has kind of morphed into this. This is where I give you my lengthy opinion and share my articles. Mm-hmm. And then, so so if if uh, Facebook is for the opinionated, I feel like Instagram is for the beautiful. I feel like <laughs> TikTok is for the funny. And right. I feel like Twitter is for the mean. I don't know. I don't know. It, no, really. It used to be for like the intellectual. 
or like the journalists, the writers and, but then it just became really mean. And that's what everyone's saying about this new thing that launched. It doesn't feel mean. Like people are just funny. Nice. So, cause it's still Instagrammy a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, okay. It's like Twitter. I, I, it's to me, I can't really even understand it because I feel like y'all's kind of speaking code. It's like this, it's this thread of sarcasm where it's like, I, I, it makes me feel old because I can't tell what's real and what's not. Right. I'm like, well, we're, it's just like a bunch of jaded people. It's not healthy. I definitely yeah. don't, also, your TikTok is so funny. And I love That's TikTok because I'm like, people are very funny and they're very like, I don't know how they come up with this stuff. Yeah. But well, I feel like that's what, what quarantine did for us, though. It was it let us know that there was a lot of talent sitting around in cubicles. And yes. when, when we were totally. home, it was like we had an outlet and permission to start making our own material. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's what TikTok did is it said, no, we get to decide who we mm-hmm. want to see more of. It's not the, just the latest and greatest out of Hollywood. Um, sure. What's your favorite platform? What do you love the most? Right now, I love TikTok. I'm not like big on there. Like, I love just like watching it, and I mm-hmm. love it. Just caters to what you like, and and so I just or I'll watch like educational things about like cleaning or yeah. I don't know. It just yeah. like really caters to you. So I really like that. And yeah, I it's like ADHD TV. You know, totally. My <laughs> algorithm knows me better than I do. It's yeah, uh, like alarming. Yes, I need a man to know me the way TikTok's algorithm does. That's all I'm looking for in life. I'm like, <laughs> how did you know I would love ex-Mormon drama? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I watched one Taylor Swift video and then I was getting just like every, like every show and every Taylor uh-huh. Swift moment. I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to like something else so that it thinks that I like. So- it's just. Oh, right. Yeah. I know. Get me off of you this. Know? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Are you a Swifty? Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, dare I say anything other? Um, I wasn't like huge cause I didn't, I don't know. I didn't like listen to her a ton, but then when I saw how crazy popular she was, especially at the heiress tour, I was like, let me deep dive. So I watched the documentary and then I was like, Oh, I really like her. And then everyone was like, you need to listen to all her lyrics. So I, yeah. I followed all the directives and then I was like, okay, I am a Swifty. I just needed to make sure I did my research. Yeah. Okay. I am. I I am just like you, and I've never heard yeah. this answer before. To me, yeah. it and maybe I was kind of basing some like uh, current opinions off of some old work. Maybe when she was like fifteen, you know. Right. But like, <laughs> it was a maybe little too. too old. <laughs> I I don't. It was a little too bubblegum for me at yeah. the start. And then I'm like, oh, turns out she's a boss, and I'm right. I'm here for it. And all the heiress to her, it's like. People are going and like getting healing. Right, how, about, right. <laughs> how about we just bring this right back around <laughs> to Benny Hinn? <laughs> Benny Hinn. It's so true. And it's crazy. I mean, in Nashville, there were just like mobs of people on the bridges or all, you know, you see all these videos and I'm like, I, I must've missed something, you know? Right. So that's why I was like, let me just do my re- Reddit thread research. And yeah. Like, all yeah. right. So what do you have coming up? What are some things going on for you? How can we root for you? Oh, what are you excited you. about? Well, I um, could definitely relate to your book thing. I have been mm-hmm. writing a book for a long time. I mm-hmm. like 
threw out one copy because it's been like a 10 year journey and Mm -hmm. I am really hoping to get published, um, this year or next year. So, uh, look out for that. Cause I'm really excited because of everything, you know? Um, and then I have shows coming up, but I'm excited to, I'm kind of rethinking what I want to put out there in the world and how Mm -hmm. I want to do it and integrate the mental health side of things with the comedy. Um, but I'm, I'm an in-person, I love in-person things. So I'm trying to, um, transfer everything to be more in person and across the U S so we'll see, just follow me and come along for the ride. (laughs) I love it. Do you have any heroes? Do you have any mentors in the business? Um, no, but this is a good question that I should have a good answer for. Yeah. I, um, I read a lot of books, so I love a lot of authors. Yeah. Uh, and I need to read your book. Do you have a book you've had? Well, it's I. It's from a long time ago, but okay. it, the, yeah, this was a while ago. It was. It wasn't self. I mean, it it has a publisher, but it was just something. I <laughs> way back when. I know um, how hard it is, and how in the blog world, so I honor. I would thank love you. Book, yeah, I just honor people who actually you did it. You know, yeah. That's huge. It was um back, way back when, when I had a blog and I think because 40 people followed it, I thought, well, yeah. I should really probably get totally. some of this like, down. <laughs> I was entirely like this. Like, oh. <laughs> but, um, I, but I did. It, you know, it's one of those things that when I go back and reread it, you know how when you keep a journal and you look back on it, you're like, oh my gosh, burn it now. Like it's so melodramatic. Please, you're like, nobody read mine yet. Please. Like, you know, you put your best friend on that. You're like, should something happen to me? Burn all this stuff. Not even because it's anything, you know, salacious. It's just because it's that cringy. So anyways, when I go back and look at it, I still like it. And so that to me is a sign of success. Like, did it sell a ton of copies? Um, no, but it, it is something that I'm, I still love. So you didn't want to pull it off the shelves. And I think that had I published something a long Mm. time ago or while Mm -hmm. I'm, would have wanted that. So that is huge. Um, okay. So where do we follow? Tell us your handles. Yes. Um, um, I'm edgy, Christina Hart, H A R T. The edgy started off as a joke. Just, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about changing it, but I'm like, it's, it was just a joke. And now it's kind of funny. Um, because I was like, Oh, I think women can be pastors. And then all these guys were like, you are so edgy. And I was like, you know what? I am edgy Christina Hart. And, uh, I kept it. So you can find me on all the platforms with that handle. I love it. Well, my opinion matters zero, but I like edgy Christina Hart. I think edgy Christina is here to stay. I love it so much. You (laughs) are such a delight. I am, I'm a fan and I cannot wait to just say your name. I have, um, I have somebody that I'd like to introduce you to, but I um, am cheering for you from afar and hopefully in person um, as soon as possible. Yeah. I love that. I'm grateful for Claire for bringing us together. And I'm so, so happy you said yes to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love it. Taylor Schroll. Hey, still not Kristen. No, (laughs) indeed. Um, Okay, so I apparently am a wannabe comedian. I actually really do admire someone who is on Did anybody else just hear the Britney Spears song in their head? What? Or is it Britney Spears or Spice Girls? If you want to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. wanna be, 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 
Spice Girls. It's even older than Britney. Um, so someone asked me who Ice Spice was the other day, and I was like, I know exactly who Ice Spice is, and I started singing that song and was promptly embarrassed. Okay. I, I'm either proud or disappointed in yeah. the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I really admire somebody who can be on the spot funny. I just think it's such an awesome quality. Um, my um, humor kind of takes some planning. I mean, if I am funny on the spot, it's usually by accident. But I love that. And if, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, I interview a lot of comedians on the show, and ever I always want to ask this question, and I've never gotten to ask it. And so you're close. You're close. Right. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> I have a question. So on TikTok, you we see real or we see videos of, um, you know, stand up comedy performances, and it's usually someone responding to a heckler. And so a lot of people are kind of lamenting this, right? Because it's like, oh, great. People are going to think that this is how we go and enjoy comedy. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that's the heckler is being rude. However, because they're saying, put the attention on me. Right. And so that's just a bad way to be an audience member. However, it does allow a little glimpse into the skill of the comedian. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's something like kind of tantalizing to the rest of the audience. That's like, Ooh, this is unscripted. This is an unscripted moment. So question, real question, do stand up comedians enjoy a good heckler? Do they invite the experience? Is that planned or not? I, I think some of them are planned. I think for the most part, it's not planned. But I just, I'm a big fan of comedy and I just was just listening to uh, Mike Birbiglia, who I just talked to you uh, about yeah, because yeah. he At had least, a TikTok yeah. sock. Uh, yeah. Um, but they were talking about people dealing with hecklers and how it, literally this trend, it was an older comedian, as was uh, Nate Bargatze too, talking to younger comedians about how a lot of the younger comedians are, because these TikTok videos are blowing up of people having these funny interactions with, with hecklers. But they were like, that's fine and good. But the older comedians were like, that's not an act. Like mm. it, it, you said it's a skill, but it's a different skill than stand up comedy. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where like people, how do people figure out they're funny? It's because they make their friends laugh. And like a lot of yeah. times it's like, I was the person that was making my friends laugh. But it's like, I don't have a stand up act. Yeah. I don't, I, don't I, I can't go up on stage yeah. for 10 minutes and do, it's a different skill. Uh, so I, I it, it's just really interesting that I just heard about it of like other comedians being like Matt Reif. I don't know if you've seen Matt Reif. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's the, I think the I most popular comedian yeah. right now, specifically for how funny he is in like on the spot. Uh -huh. And he's going on tour for the first time, like right now, like because of his TikTok fame, got a comedy tour and people were like, how's this going to go? Yeah. Because it's going to be big crowds and hopefully he has a skill i like him a lot it would be great but some people are like wondering is it is he a comedian or is he just like funny on the spot so one is a you know a planned performance like, this is a performance this right. is this is an art and the other one is you would be better at dealing with a heckler than you would at yes a performance 100%. yeah 100 so interesting fascinating well i wish i would have asked christina that um she's delightful probably so. would have gotten a better answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll go follow christina okay bye I am so, so grateful for you, listener. If you liked this episode, could you please do me a favor and hit subscribe and leave a review? It really helps the show grow and I would be so appreciative. Thank you so much to our guests who share their gifts so generously with us. And a special thank you to Taylor Schroll, who does so much behind the scenes to make the show great. If it weren't for him, I would still be in my closet with my iPhone. You can follow along at Forte Catholic as well. That's Taylor's show where I show up now and again. And to keep up more regularly, please follow along on Instagram 
at Allison M. Sully or TikTok at Sullivan Family TikTok. See you next week. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.